Welcome to episode 57 of Flights, Football, and Anything Else. I'm Dave. And I'm Mike. How you doing, Dave? Better than most? Not as good as some, Mike. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Uh, quick question. The cheetah. The cheetah uh, It's Tyree Kill. Yeah. Um, well, no, I meant that. Uh, it was the airplane reference. The movie. Oh, never mind. I thought you were still on the nickname from last year. <laughs> no. I impressed a few of the people. I did take a little heat for not knowing Golden Boy, uh, uh, um, Oscar De La Hoya. Oh. But when you threw out the cheetah, I'm thinking, all right, we're going to continue the nickname game. That's what Tyreek Hill's nickname is, the cheetah. <laughs> they were just talking about that today. Um, but you know how people say, before we get into anything on the pod, the first taste of anything, it's not about the money, it's the principle of the thing. At what price do you put on principle, though? Here's an example. Uh, Liz and I today went and we returned some cans and bottles. And I said to her, I said, look, I'm not going, you know, to Opperman's for six cans and to Ideal Party Store for three bottles. And right. we ended up going to the Meyer and Birch Run. And I said, whatever they don't take, they don't take. Okay. And there's a couple that... I was, you know, I got my hand ready just to throw it in the bag and just leave it on the side there. Right. That whoop, ten cents. I'm like, wow, I didn't think they would take that one. And then I got to two brands. One was uh, that we that I had been pre-potting with the uh, Edmund Fitzgerald, the Great Lakes Brewing yep. Company. I said, I, I know this is a Meyer brand. Right. Store does not accept this brand. Well, whatever. And then the other one was it was a bottle of Cakewalk, which we had like maybe in the single digits of our episodes. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I got this at Meyer. Nope, doesn't. So anyway, ten yeah. bottles. There were, there were six bottles of uh, the Cakewalk, and four bottles of the Edmund Fitzgerald. So I got a six pack and a four pack. Leave them. I just leave them yeah. out of the way. Nobody's gonna trip over them. And then somebody from Meyer will either throw them in the recycle and they'll sure. just get extra credit or whatever. Or somebody who says who's down and out on their luck is going to say, oh, geez, there's a dollar. I'll take those, and I'll find the place that takes these. Right. So we go into the store, and Liz is looking for something, and I see their beer section, and I don't go into Meyer Birch Run often, and it's set up really different from the okay. Saginaw stores. And I go in there, and um, it's like, wow, uh, what do you do here? Um, first thing I see, yeah. Great Lakes Brewing, Edmund Fitzgerald. Huh. I'm like, huh. And then I look, and, and in can version, same brewing company, though, Yeah, is a six-pack of cakewalk. <laughs> so I'm like, and then I just, I still said, fuck it, and just left them there. But right. I'm like, at what point do you go back and say, hey, wait a second, these, because I'm sure they were still there. I've ran into that same situation a number of times, yeah. So at what point do you just say, do you just... Just abandon the yeah, dollar, yeah, for sure. but I, but it is almost a principle. It's like, wait it a is. second, you're telling me you don't accept them? I'm looking right, right at these fucking beers. <laughs> right. So anyway, they'll but, come out with some some random. But uh, know, but anyway, that was one of those. It was the principle, but it was almost. But it's like, do I? Because the bottle yeah. return at the, the Meyer and Birch Run, you actually have to go outside the store. Oh, and over. Gotcha. And it was just way too much hassle yeah, for a dollar. Sure. But it was I was like, motherfucker, they screwed me out of a dollar. Oh yeah. I might have waited by like the you know, the one in uh the one any of the ones in Saginaw are inside. Right. And so I would have waited by that little shoot door that goes to the garbage to, you know, to catch a kid or something working back there. And I would have said, Hey, oh yeah. Give me your beverage manager because I got a question. Yeah. Oh if somebody would have been there. Yeah. 
but I mean, I had a lot of legwork to do, and there was no guarantee that those, those ten bottles were still there. Right. So that's where I just said, ah, dollar out the window. Who cares? Right. Exactly. Um. So, uh, anyway, let's get on to uh, episode fifty-seven here. First tasting is one of two of the night from Grandpa Blackhawk on his Tennessee trip, and. Nothing and hey, nothing fancy. But then again, for the first time ever, I pre-potted with Miller Lite. What? <laughs> That's what I said. But it, it was a case in the fridge, and it's like, oh god, cats and dogs are going to start living together. It, it's like, do I uh, do it's I uh, um, do I want to get into the IPA because I got like two of this IPA, two of that IPA, one of this IPA, one of this double IPA, or a case of Miller Lite? I said, you know what? I'm going to just ease into it because our first tasting is. Lager beer, plain and simple, from the Nashville Brewing Company, which was established in 1859, by the way. Good to know. Um, 4.9%, 14 IBUs. So basically it sounded to me like this could be like Miller or Budweiser in sure. a bottle. Yeah. So I'll crack the bottle here, and I'm going into the frosted mug of flight football and anything else. Courtesy of Crimson Noggin. I'm going into my for Michigan your, State. Oh, go for ahead. all of your pretty needs, Crimson Noggin. Absolutely. Of course, oh, Josh God. and Jamie are two of the four that listen to this, so unless they want to buy from themselves. But hey, you never know. <laughs> Cheers. Yep. Yeah, that... We're, That's we're pretty sam- much... Yeah, we're sampling uh, Nashville's... Lower, uh, lesser edition of Budweiser. Yeah. That's a little more flavor to it, though. A little... It does. And I was just going to say, I I put that into my Michigan State um, Stein, because that's what I was drinking my uh, German uh, beer advent calendar Okay, that Shelly yep. got from Costco. Um, so, uh, and it's pretty much just what I was drinking from that. Uh, advent calendar. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, there's that. There's drinkability to yeah. it. I mean, but there's there's no pow pop off the the chart flavors or no because we're or, yeah we're used to yeah. those we're used to those IPAs and stouts. So and this this would fit in like with the uh, the listener Tom Dittmer selection of going with the Fifers and the Colt Forty. You know. Yeah. Um. Exactly. Uh, corrections corner. I didn't hear of anything, Dave. Did anybody say anything to you that we, you know? Nope, haven't man, gotten anything. Boy, we're we're getting good at this. Um, the only the only the only message I saw this week, we did get, get um, a couple emails from Bells uh, from our uh, episode fifty six, thanking us for you know uh, tasting their beer and the shout out. So, well, that yeah, was good. Th- thank you, Bells, again. Uh, I really like the stupid quadruped. Quadruple. <laughs> no, quadruped. Okay. Stupid I, quadruped. I, yeah. I messed that up all episode last week. But that, that actually was very good. But uh, as the champs got us back to the wall in fantasy football, I'm starting to get away from that, realizing the fact that I'm not going to repeat. So I got uh, to call myself the champ as much as I can over the next three weeks. Well, you, you've, got yeah. your, you've got your FFAE oh, that, fantasy that's, that's football right, that's leg right. to stand on. That's so. true. Um, but anyway, it was a busy week of uh, show watching f- for the champ. 
So I'm going to get right into it. Okay. Uh, listen, I started off the week on uh, Hulu. It was a 2016 documentary by journalist David Ferrier, and he stumbled stumbled upon a mysterious tickling competition online, <laughs> and it's called Tickle. <laughs> And I don't want to get into too much more because I don't want to discourage anybody, but you almost find yourself fact-checking things as you're watching this because it's like so weird and bizarre. It's like, there's no way this is true. Is this, am I, is this like a spoof documentary or who is this David Ferrier? He's a New Zealand journalist. All right. And it was a tickling competition online and it's just, it goes in the, the tickling aspect of it is it let's say this is an hour and 25 35 minute documentary i would say the actual tickling of it is maybe 10 minutes of the uh, of the um documentary but it's like so what do you got drama before the tickling and drama after the drama tickling drama after the tickling oh boy and i don't know if any of our listeners are going to watch this i hate after tickling drama well here's the oh thing my God. but and i don't get it and that's why i want our <laughs> listeners to watch cuz these are <laughs> what they do is they take like athletic males, okay, and they they tout it as a non-sexual tickling competition. Okay, and the males are like there's like three different guys tickling another guy, which makes it a little uncomfortable <laughs> for a heterosexual man to be watching. Not that there's anything wrong with that, right? But here's where the that's okay. So you know, if that was the documentary, it'd be like, yeah, this is stupid, and you turn it, right? But anyway, what happens is. These guys, and it's by a woman's name, but the woman really isn't a woman, and they get blackmailed. Right. That they're going to put these videos out if they, you know, yada, yada, yada. So they're getting blackmailed, and it's like, why would you let anybody blackmail you for this? Because unless they didn't show what actually, ha you know, they, because right. okay. everybody in I the gotcha. tickling video had clothes on. Sure. And there's nothing in the, uh, Genital regions. I mean, it's under the arms and on the chest and on the feet and whatnot. Right. So it's like, I'm not going to get, you know, if, if, if our <laughs> listeners find that video of you tickling me, oh just God. for, you know, just for shits and giggles and they want a million dollars of me, I'm just going to tell them, well, just show it. I'll, you know, show Dave tickling me. What's the big deal? So it's, it's worth the watch just for how, how weird it is. As, um, you know, it's, it's so bizarre. You find yourself fact checking everything. Yeah. Where, um, it's like, well, who's getting black? It's so weird. It's <laughs> worth the watch. Right, it's a right. 2016 gotcha. documentary on Hulu, and it's called Tickled. Yeah. Maybe they have it. You know how at the local sports bar you got your TV screens, you got your big ones and small ones. You go to Buffalo Wild Wings or something like that. Maybe at the Blue Oyster Bar they've got all those screens going around. They've got tickled. That it might, but if that was the case, then you would sure not be able to get blackmailed. No, for sure not. But uh, no. but yeah, so it is interesting in that. So I do, you know, I'm not going to give it. You know, I'm not going to say you got to go out of your way to watch this like I'm about to on my second watch. Okay. Second and third watches. All right. I've got one I'm actually going to talk about today. All right. Shelly got me hooked on one, but go ahead. Well, let's all, well, okay, I'll do two. If you only have one. I only have one. I'll do two. You do yours, and then I'll finish with the third one. All right. All right. For our loyal listeners who have been with us for hopefully all 57 episodes, but if not a better portion of them. 
if you think back to uh, episode 33, the random question was, what serial killer just scares the shit out of you? Right. And mine was actually Richard Ramirez, a.k.a. the Night Stalker. Right. And on Netflix, uh, 2021, so it's a, it's a new documentary. It's a four-part series, probably 40 to 50-minute watch. And this is the TV, if it's not sports, this is the TV that I could sit and watch every waking hour that I'm not working or I'm not, you know, doing Because you're just this. fascinated it, by yes. it. Yes. Yeah. And it, it's so brilliantly done. Um, and this, and it comes straight, and what makes it the, the best is it's, it's actual footage. There's no, there's no, well, there's a couple reenactments, but for the most part, it's actual, like, crime scene footage. And it's coming right from the, the lips of Gil Carrero and Frank Salerno, who are in the Homicide Bureau of the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. Oh. And it's... They're this, busy guys. This March, it'll be 35 years ago that he ran rampant in the California area. Right. And um, and going back to episode 33, that why I picked him to scare... Yeah. The descriptions... And they even interview like two or three survivors. Because this, this guy was so... Out there, that <laughs> right. I mean, he didn't kill everybody. I mean, oh, he there, you know, sexual assault, burglary, and then just let him go, and then others he killed, and that's yeah. what that's what made the it was like 140 days that he terrorized the that area. No Cal SoCal area, right. mostly No Cal, but uh, no SoCal because that was LA, and there was a couple in San Francisco though, um, and so and some of the stuff that. He did at the crime scenes. I mean, the the guy is just out there. I mean, it, and it was <laughs> right. it, you know, every once in a while, you know, the, the hairs on my arm would stand up because it was. I mean, this isn't somebody just guessing at what happened. These are two detectives that lived it right. for 140, 150 days, whatever to it find was. This guy. And it's just, yeah, it's. I mean, it's excellent. So. Of these three that I'm recommending, and if you can only find time to get one, Night Stalker, The Hunt for a Serial Killer on Netflix. Like I say, you don't even devolve, you're not even going to have four hours into your day. Right. Boom. Done. Brilliant. I loved it. Mine is something that at first I was kind of upset with my wife. I started watching it with her. Um, it's on Amazon Prime, Yellowstone. Have you heard about it? Mm-hmm. All right. So um, it is a uh, film about uh, a Montana rancher and his family trying to keep his ranch, the Yellowstone. It's Kevin Costner, right? Kevin Costner's, yeah. yeah. I think he's executive producer. He's kind of like his, almost like, an, it's a it's a semi-quasi-extension of Dances with Wolves, oh, kind okay. of a, <laughs> it isn't, but I mean, he, anyway, um, it's funny you talk about you know, uh, the show that you just talked about, because this is, it's violent. I mean, there's a lot of, um, his kids are out there. Um, but they're trying to, you know, they've a hundred some odd years of trying to keep this ranch and people trying to come in and steal it. Uh, cause they've got so much land and, you know, gorgeous, gorgeous, uh, uh, spring Valley, I think Montana, um, but it's very, very well done. Um, if you've ever seen the Ozarks, have you seen yes. that one? Jason yes. Bateman. Yes. 
Okay, so the, the plot line or the format for the plot is the same as the Ozarks in the sense that it's just like, it's one challenge, one calamity, one, it's just one right after the other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This family is just plunged into chaos and one problem, one one thing they got to take care of and it's boom, 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 boom. Um, but they, I think you would like it a lot. I mean, they are badasses. I mean, it's just like even people that come from California that think, you know, they know what they're doing and they're going to, you know, take these country folk and show them what to do. And it's just like, no, now is, is y- Yellowstone, that's actually a current series, right? It's a current series on Amazon Prime. Okay. Yeah. Um, here's the thing that I was upset about at first because I found out uh, on the first series, um, Shelly said, you know, if you look at the uh, credit card statement and it says 20 bucks, that's me for the first season of Am- or Yellowstone. And I went, excuse me? You know, the needle went across the record at first. I'm like, don't we already pay for an Amazon <laughs> subscription? What are you paying for a show for, you know, it's 20 bucks a season? So long story short, um, I got in, she paid, she said she'd pay for the second season out of her own little, you know, her own money slush fund. But uh, I'm into it so much right now and it's so good. Uh, I paid for the third season. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, And now that you mentioned Amazon Prime, if you're adamant about seeing Tickled and it's not on Hulu, it's on Amazon Prime, but I'm almost certain it's on Hulu. So, but it's on one of those. It's on one of those <laughs> okay. two. So, but so if it's not on Hulu, don't give up. It's on. It's on Amazon. It's on Prime. One of the two. Right. Um. Because I've heard a lot of uh, actually, uh, Smith and Chicklets talks about that and. Uh, oh yeah. Drawing a blank. Not Biss and that. Not Whitney. Uh, the Rear Admiral. Uh, okay. The Boston accent guy. Drawing <laughs> his ha- Twitter handle is the Rear Admiral. And, um, I listened to it sparingly, name. so I'm not gonna. Um, I can't remember. He now. watches, and he's a big proponent of it. And uh, Ryan Whitney has started watching, it. so I've heard a lot of people talk about Yellowstone. and I have yet to see it though. Yeah, it's, it's if it's uh, a continuation of Dances with Wolves, it's I not. Thought, it's okay. not. I'm just saying, right? But there, there's the Native American aspect to it. Do you know what I mean? Right, and because uh, that so, was, that was my least favorite Kevin Costner movie of all time, I think. Other, or that one that he was on the ship was pretty sucked too. Uh, not a ship. Um, Stranded or whatever the hell he was. Oh, the Water World. Yeah, that sucked too. <laughs> yes. um, so, uh, Water World. I forgot all about that. And I, hey, we mentioned it last week. Liz and I lived up to it Friday night. Um, Disney Plus, WandaVision. Yeah. Boom. Love it. Did you? It, it's a, um, the, only, the only drawback is. It's in this. Maybe this is what I meant when I said it's like the boys, because like the boys came out, they yeah. gave you two episodes yep. to wet your whistle, yep. and then every Thursday or whatever day they picked, sure, they came out with another one. Right. So now the dilemma Liz and I have: do we go week to week, or do we just forget about Wandavision because it's a nine episode season and binge? We, it. And yeah. So do we just say the hell with it and like after right. spring break come back and boom? Shotgun all nine. Right. But the first two were so good. Um, it It's really well done because it's a mix of everything because uh, her name is uh, Wanda Maximoff and her husband is named Vision. And he has like, his head is like almost like a, a, a robot type thing until they get around other people. Then he transforms into right. a, a man. Right. And, like, the first episode 
it was almost like, I don't want to say parody, but it was like the Dick Van Dyke show. I mean, the entrance and everything is just like Dick Van Dyke. And then the second one, the second season was, and Liz will be yelling at her radio, screaming, I want to say... Her um, radio? Well, she's driving, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um, uh, the Mary Tyler, not Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah, she's yelling at her. Brady Bunch? No, she's yelling at her. But anyway, uh, uh, oh, Bewitch. Bewitch, that's what it was. Okay. So, I mean, and uh, he, her next door neighbor is even named Agnes, which okay. Agnes was right. the neighbor of Bewitch. And I'm, <laughs> I'm interested to see where they go. I, the first two episodes, spectacular. They're only like 35 minutes. And like even halfway through, they give you a commercial like from the 50s. Like one of them for a toaster, it'll you know. Oh yeah. And it, like it's, 50s it's, like it's done really well. I don't really know where Marvel, and because I'm not super the superhero genre as we've talked many times is not my cup of tea. Well, you but, could tell by your description because all any of the listeners that are have watched the Avengers and followed the whole Marvel universe thing right there that that you know you could kind of tell like you hadn't seen the because you were describing Vision in a way right. that like you know. Well, yeah, and that's what I said. I don't, you know, yeah. I'm not as, like, other than I, I like Deadpool, but superhero shit, is, right. I just right. don't it's like not it. Your, it's right. not up your alley. But this, I lo- this has potential. I'm kind of excited where, to, and then, like, so episode three will be Friday, episode four the following week, yada, yada, yada. So Disney Plus, WandaVision, spectacular. Nice. So, hey, three good watches. Like I said, if I have to rank them for you folks, I'm going to go Night Soccer. The, one, the Night Soccer... Four parts, 40, 45 minutes each episode. You got to see that. Um, and then uh, WandaVision. And then Tickled if you have extra time and you just want to <laughs> like really be dumbfounded by it. Uh, so three All good right. watches. And I'll be looking for more to watch since the Bears lost last weekend. So. <laughs> We're going to rate this? I think it's time, I think it's yep. time to, wait, to rate Lager Beer. Um, surprisingly, for as bland and blasé as it is, a lager beer, 4.9%, 14 IBUs, very drinkable. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I'm going to give it a flat three. I actually, I don't know about you, I, I actually got more flavor uh, out of it the more I drank. Yeah. So in yep. the beginning, it was kind of like, hmm, okay, well, all right, well, this will be, it's refreshing and drinkable and, you know, but uh, as I'm getting down to the bottom right now, I'm getting a lot more flavor out of it. So I'm going to go a 3.15. All right. Where did we check in with our untapped crowd? Oh, uh, they're slightly higher than us. Untapped came in at 3.44. On 4,552 check-ins. So, not a real popular beer, but we've had check-ins a lot less than 4,500 too. So, but we're in the neighborhood. I mean, 344, 315, 3.00. So, yeah. All right, Dave. Uh, Second selection tonight is another one from Grandpa Blackhawk on his Tennessee hunting excursion. Thank you, sir. What we, yeah, thanks, Grandpa. Uh, What we have here is... TNIPA, which my guess is TN, abbreviation for Tennessee, and it's an IPA, so it's Tennessee IPA. Yeah. You know, took seven <laughs> years of college to be able to figure that fucker out. Um, 
It's from the Black Abbey Brewing Company. It's 5.5%, and the IBUs are either 30 or NA, depending on if you go to the Black Abbey Brewing Company website, it's 30 IBUs. And if you go to Untapped, it's the infamous NA. Okay. So 16-ounce pint glass. Exploded there a little bit. That's what she said. But I'm bum. Another wonderful pour. I, I think the cheers. Cheers. Nice. Yep. Very smooth for an IPA. Very. Um. Almost like on the uh, the uh, the founders. Uh, all day IPA, mm -hmm. which is like a five point two or you know right, right. You know, dry hopped with. I'm trying to read the is it Hevla Hevla melon and cashmere hops for a juicy aroma and pleasant hop flavor. Yes, definitely pleasant. Um, so low on the IBU scale. Yeah, that's yeah. So it's, it's that thirty. It's, it's right around. Yep, like I said, it's, I. I like to. I think the comparison to uh, Founders All Day IPA is spot on. More of an American, not a. It says juicy aroma, but I would not put this in like a, in a hazy New England. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it in a like a a juicy hazy New England style, but more American. Yeah. Um, speaking of her. What do you think of Lily from AT&T's new hairdo on the, the latest uh, AT&T? I don't hair. know. I didn't like it the first time I saw it, but at, after a couple times seeing it, I, I know like, she's uh, your. I know yeah, she's your. Yeah, she's a little smoke, a little smoke show there. I'm gonna let it slide. I didn't like it the first time. It was like, eh, it'll work. Um, is she your? Is she your one pass or what was the? No, what, Judge Milian is my one pass. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. Um. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so what do you think, Dave? The NCAA announces its new bracking method for this year's tournament, since all games will be played in one location. Have you right. heard about it? Or? I have. Yep. So, they call it the S curve. Basically, what it is is a snake draft. They take. They're going to give out the top four teams, and they're going to put them in. Our listeners can't see this, but I'm using the air quotes regions. Right. So the best team is going to be in this region. Yep. Two, three, four. That's what they typically do. And then the fifth team, the fifth best team is going to go with the four, the six with the three, the seven with the two, the one with the eight, the nine with the one and the eight, yep. the 10 with the two and the seven, right. and so on and so on, down to they get to the 68 teams. Now, listeners... Uh, once we go get my New Year's resolution up and running, we're on YouTube. I'll put out a poll here. Do you want me to give down every breakdown from, you know, to sixty-eight? But that kind of makes for boring radio. I think our listeners get the picture. Yeah. Um, even though this isn't really radio. Um, <laughs> right. So and but so what what is you, what do you think on that? Because after the and for the listeners that don't know, the entire tournament will be played in the state of Indiana. They're going to use games in, and I wrote it down here, where, uh, all in Indiana, and they're going to be played at Ball State, Butler, the Horizon League, Indiana, 
IUPUI, and Purdue. So that's where all the men's tournament schemes are going to be played. Right. So um, I would assume the championship would be at where the Colts play. Isn't that where they've played championship? I, yeah, so that's right. probably where the final four will be. But, that again, that's still in the state of Indiana. Sure. Um, again, it's for COVID, whatever, whatever. I get it. Um, what do I think? Yeah, what do you think of that? I mean, because obviously... Uh, when, we've, when we've drafted other teams for youth sports and, and things like that, I've always gone with that style just because, uh, obviously, if you load up the number one team and go down one, two, three, four, and then you come back and you put the fifth team with the the fifth best fifth best team with the number one team... You said that with a little bit of a lift. I, I did, because <laughs> I was still trying to get the last bit of that beer down. Um you know, you know, and and then I, you know, and I don't know if we did that for the reason in youth sports that parents would be screaming, "Oh, well, you put the fifth best kids and fifth best team with the first, and you know, and you're you're diluting the 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 fourth team or the fourth group, if you will." Oh, for sure. So um, I agree with it. You know, at, at least at this point, I haven't thought of uh, a reason why it wouldn't work out or it wouldn't, you know, give some uh, give some equality to the. You know, to, the, to to each group, making sure that there's making sure that there's good basketball and good competition within within each uh, satellite venue. Right. Um, and the way that the rankings normally do, they put the you know the four best teams typically, like the best team, will be in a region close to home, and then the second best team. They try to keep close to home, and it might be like, okay, you're going to have to travel a little bit because you're not as good as the first team, and we can't put you yet. yet. Right. And then that's how they break it down. It's like they do try to keep, you know, sure. regionality without the travel. See, I would go one better. Um, Why do I feel like a George Carlin kind of a – never mind. Oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. I would feel <laughs> one better. And some people would say, well, that's ridiculous. But in COVID – Everything's changed. Nothing's the same. Whatever, whatever. This, that, and the other thing. I say draw them out of a hat. Okay. It's almost like a Royal Rumble type of the WWE, a Royal Rumble type deal where it's like, you know, if... If your region's if, if loaded. Number, if number one, and not even regions. Or just, your satellite just, venue. Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. And just saying, well, number one, Gonzaga plays number one, or number two, Michigan, in the very first round of the tournament, so be it. Yeah. So, you know, so the very first game of the tournament is way more exciting than the last game of the tournament. <laughs> Who cares? Right. But I think the networks do. I think that's why they're doing it that way. Well, I got. I was going to say this till later, but I'll bring it up now. You've said the networks care. Well, obviously nobody's watching anyway, and I can't figure it out because um, the. The Bama blowout of the Buckeyes, that was the lowest national championship in playoff or BCS era with 18.654 million viewers across the ESPN, ESPN2, and ESPNU platform. The previous low was in 2017 when Clemson beat Alabama, and that game had 25 million so, or 7 million more oh, wow. than this, this past cha- the last Monday night's championship between sure. Alabama and Ohio State. So if nothing's open, unless other states, as you can see by fans in the stands in New Orleans and Kansas City, and 
Other right. states aren't the dictatorship that we live in, but still, everything is still pretty much somewhat shut down and quarantined and yada, yada, yada. So why aren't people watching? So maybe a random draw is like, well, I wonder who I'm going to see play. And you could, the only thing that you would know is like, all right, school. I get, are, what you're, I school, get where you're coming from here. So everybody knows teams A, B, C, D, E, F, G are at Ball State. H-I-J-K, Elemental P are at Butler, and yep. so on and so forth. But, like, when you turn on the game, like, live from Ball State University, tonight we face the Kansas Jayhawks. We'll face the... Out of the other and there's hat. A, there's, a, there's, a, there's a drum roll. <laughs> the Michigan Wolverines. Holy cow, we got a matchup here today, folks. And it, you know, because okay? it's like... That's out of the box, but yeah, okay. Well, I mean, because this will mark year two that... So, do all these teams, they got to be, like, ready to go that night? Or? Yeah, because they're all going to be there. I mean, obviously, and then obviously when, obviously, that first game, Kansas and Michigan play, the loser, they're on their way home, and the winner obviously knows they're not, right. their name gets taken out of the hat. Right. So, then the second game, it's like, all right, we have, you know... Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there's no advantage to being a better team. No, I was just speaking from a logistics standpoint. Right. Are there are there like all the teams in that in that satellite satellite venue just going to be sitting there with their uniforms ready yes. to go? Well, yeah, I mean they're at the, <laughs> they're playing the game, and that's what March Madness is. I mean, but not all the teams in the satellite are playing that night, even if they do it in well, another format. If there's one, two, three, four, five, and I don't know how many Horizon League teams there are in Indiana, but there's at least six. So that's. Um, Ball State, Butler, that's two. Purdue, three. IUPUI, four. And Indiana, five. And let's say the Horizon League has three teams. Six, seven, eight. 68 divided by eight, that means there, there's eight teams per right. satellite. So all right. eight teams have to show up. And then, you know, obviously two of them are going to wait till the end of the night to play. Okay. And that's basically how it works now. I mean... Well, they, they, they divide it up between two days normally per... You know, but there's four regions. Per, there, there's yeah. the west and the Midwest, and then the oh, south I, and the right, east, or whatever right, the, right, the regions right, are right, called. Right, right. Yep. So, like I said, I just have, you know, yeah. they're, all there, four they're games. all there ready. And it's like Kansas, and the Kansas starts getting ready, and then everybody else, like. That would be kind of cool. It would be. So. That would be kind of cool. Um, but, uh, but you know, in reference to the, to the low t- uh, viewing uh, on the national championship game, I mean, you probably had. So if you draw a line down from, you know, or if you draw a line from Ohio to Alabama, you probably had a swath of people watching the game and then a smattering, you probably had West Coast people going, who cares? And you had East Coast people going, who cares? Right, but isn't that the case every year? Eh, maybe. Because there's only two teams. And there's not one team from multiple areas. True. And every year it's Alabama or LSU. So what the two So teams. what would drive what would drive the viewing up? What would make people interested enough to if they thought it was gonna be a competitive game. So they didn't think it they thought Alabama was just gonna blow up. But I don't know how and exactly I didn't, th- I didn't think it was gonna be a blow up. That's though. probably some of it, but the way Ohio State manhandled the Clemson team that had run rough shot sure. over everybody. That's why I thought that's it was gonna I mean. be a good game. That's that's why I don't understand and especially if there's nothing else to do. Yeah. Why didn't they watch? I know they weren't watching Monday Night Raw. <laughs> so, so what? What else was on? Nothing. That's what I don't understand. Why the low rated? Well, That's... I know it was on. 
Night Stalker, Hunt for a Killer, and, and Yellowstone. Actually, I think we were watching Tickle during the National Championship. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> there you uh, go. But uh, That so, was the big draw, Tickled. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, like, I like the random draw of it. and uh, yeah. That would you, certainly make it interesting. Um, all right, Charles Barkley, you know, who made the uh, nickname list. He round did. Mount, round mound of rebound, right. Auburn University. Um, he's been known to say some controversial things. Uh-huh. He said that the NFL and NBA players should move ahead of others to get the vaccine because they pay more taxes. They observed some profession, uh, preferential treatment. Agree or disagree? Just a second, Mike. I've got to just... <laughs> Bullshit! Sorry. All right. Well, we can debate this here then because I actually... Agree with Sir Charles. Okay. Because, and, I, and I'm going to throw you back to, not necessarily on the amount of taxes they pay, but although the, the amount of taxes they pay is based on how much money they make, and the amount of money you make, if they pay that much taxes, they should get a line. And, and by the way, Charles did not say, like, a head of doctors and nurses and everything. Frontline workers. First responders. And first responders. Sure. He didn't say... But he's just saying, like, okay, if you take the NFL, the NHL, and the NBA, what are you talking, 3,000 max vaccinations? Yeah. And I don't necessarily go with the – they pay more taxes. I don't agree necessarily with that part of his argument. The part of his argument – Yeah, that's dumb. I don't even know why you bring that up. What the hell does taxes have to do with anything? Because if they're paying more taxes, they should be – if I'm paying, if I'm paying taxes and you're not, I should at least be able to eat before you. And I agree with Charles Barkley on that. But my okay. main, re- my main reason on the the players jumping the line, and I'm going to throw you back to the 1995 ALCS between the Seattle Mariners and the New York Yankees, Game Five, in the Kingdom in Seattle, 65,000 people. Okay when life was worth living and you could actually go to a sporting event and just rally behind your team. And the um, Mariners were down two runs in the bottom of the ninth or 10th. I can't remember exactly. Ken Griffey Jr. is on first base. Edgar Martinez up to plate, up to the plate. And doubles down the left field line and Jr. scores from first to, you know, goes first to home, wins the game, sends the Mariners to the World Series. Or to the ALCS. It was a game win. It was a walk-up. So that okay. might have got him to the ALCS. Okay. I'll fact-check that at the yep. break and get back with it. But 67,000 people went absolutely bonkers. Okay. Loved it. Had nothing to do with Ken Gifford Jr., the New York Yankees, or the Seattle Mariners. But 67,000 people went bonkers because they live and die three hours out of that day. They got away from their humdrum, woe is me, my life sucks, and got behind... Uh, 25 men, mm-hmm. and just for four hours forgot everything and all their problems. Right. So there should be some reward because there is some value to sports. I know some, not everybody follows sports. I get that. So if you don't follow sports, you're probably going to say, fuck those athletes. They, they should rot in hell and all burn in purgatory because I don't give a shit about any of them. Okay, that's your – but for those 67,000 people that 
that probably to this day remember Junior motoring from first to home on Edgar Martinez's double down the line right. to beat the New York Yankees mm-hmm. in advance, either to the World Series or the ALCS, whatever it was. Right. You can't tell me there's a price for that, and there should be some reward for people that can provide that amount of pleasure um, to that many people. And he didn't say... You know, there's, and it's not like he didn't say nobody else should get it. He said they should jump in line. I would gladly give up. So you're saying the the, the professional athletes should jump in line with the 65 to 70. I think it's is it. Um, oh, now I'm forgetting the classification, but the one B group. They shouldn't jump in line with them. They should jump in line ahead of them. Ahead of them, no. I, I yep. No, because, you know... Because what does that 87-year-old lady do for me? I don't give a fuck what she does. I know you don't give a fuck, but somebody does. Well, but I I guarantee there are more people that care if Drew Brees or Jameis Winston, that wouldn't have been a But they're not going to die. Who's not going to die? Drew Brees. Oh, so you're a doctor now. Now you know that it only affects the 87-year-old woman that's going to die anyway, How many professional athletes that have tested positive have even gotten sick? And that's why we should be going to these athletic events and not wearing masks because it's a fucking But that's a different issue. But, but then you don't need the vaccine then, well, because that, no, because nobody dies. That's up. To, that's up to debate, right? Uh, not a debate on my part, because well, I'm, I know, I, I know that. I know how. I know where you stand, right? I, I do. Boy, and I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I started. A uh, little side note to our listeners here: the Saints just took the lead on the Buccaneers, and let's be thankful that I started. Um, Lamar Jackson, who was an absolute turd yesterday against the <laughs> Buffalo Bills and got me one point because if I would have started Drew Brees and Jameis Winston just threw that bomb touchdown, Dave and I would probably no longer be friends. 50, episode 57 would be the last episode of uh, Flights, Football, and Anything Else, and Dave would be suing me in court for a new TV because I would have went fucking absolutely ballistic. So it's a a good fucking thing I didn't start Drew Brees because the whole whole line of shit would have changed, especially as we were in a heated debate about vaccinations and everything, and Jameis Winston, why is Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill I would have lived with. Jameis Winston hasn't played all fucking year. And he throws a touchdown pass. Boy, are we lucky that I started Lamar Jackson. <laughs> and believe it or not, Lamar Jackson's one point is currently ahead of Drew Brees' performance today. Right, right. So anyway, okay. boy, that's that's funny how that all worked out. And everything, like all the stars aligned. But uh, anyway, so you, you disagree with Charles, and I agree. So uh, let's move on to the next. So what do you think, Dave? Something a little, uh, little less... Stressful, let's hope. Uh, what is your take on reply all, either text or email? Uh, in general? Yes. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's it's nice when it works out, but it's really horrible when uh, when you accidentally reply all to, you know, when you're sending a private message to somebody that you don't want the rest of the group to, to know or hear about. So uh, that's happened in my workplace a couple times and really created... Uh, uh, some actually some serious almost career-ending uh, issues. No, okay, yeah, that is a catastrophe of doing such. I'm just talking about the generic reply to all. Now, if it's a text, like a just oh, a like sh- should you do it or use yeah, it? what do you do? Oh well, I if okay, so so anyway, I'm the boss and I say, hey, 
I need everybody's safety training done by the end of the week. Oh, I never reply all. Thank you. Yeah, never. Thank you. Ever. I fucking inevitably. <laughs> Why are you telling us all how you exactly. feel about this? We don't need to know. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like, okay, you know, respond directly to your boss. Hey, right. I, I'm doing right. my training tomorrow. <laughs> yes. right. I did my training this morning. Already done mine. It took about 25 minutes. Nobody gives a fuck that you're an overachiever <laughs> suck ass. Yes. Just correct. I do. And then the, the, it happened just recently. Um, a, a group email went out. Hey, did you get my email? Yeah, I got it. When you're the only one that didn't respond. Why do I respond to group messages? I don't, you, you told me to <laughs> did do you something. Ask me I did to do it. That? Yeah. Are you now, taking I, a survey? Put out a Google I'm more form. Ad, I'm more adamant about the um, email than I am the text. Because like, if four buddies are like, if I text you, Josh, Wendy, we well, have to. If yeah, if the, hey, if the group you, needs you, that information, you, you want to meet at B Dubs six o'clock. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I'll be there, but it probably won't be till six thirty. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm looking for a ride, but I'll be there eventually. But that's almost like a survey it, to the group, right. where the other group members need to know, kind of know what's right. going on. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I now it's funny you bring that up. Because that's, um, excuse me, yeah, that's something where just like, there might be an email um, from my boss or something like that, and I might, you know what, that might be something I need to file away, and I'll put that in a in an email folder for later date or if I need to reference it again, but then everybody that replies to all that keeps coming up on my freaking, right. and so then I, you know, I got to plop it back into, you got to put it back into the folder, you know, at that point I probably might delete it, but. Yeah. No, right. And that's no, what, that's annoying as hell. Yeah. And then uh, uh, the other one is the forward of the email. It's like, why don't you look at who was in the original email before you forward it on? To because everybody. I've already fucking seen this email three times. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, and uh, last but not least, uh, what do you think, Dave? Uh, Bill's Mafia donate. Uh, the fans responded by donating money to Lamar Jackson's favorite charity, which in Baltimore is a um, sack lunch program on weekends, so uh, kids that don't have a lot of money can always have something eat. to eat. Yeah, always yep. have something to eat. Um, they did that after they learned that he was concussed in the game, and that's why he was forced to leave, yada, yada, yada. My question to you is, no argument there, hey, raise money for kids to eat. I'm, even I'm not that insensitive. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah. right. so the money's good, but question is, number one, they probably felt they owed it to Lamar Jackson. He stunk so bad. <laughs> I mean, they probably thought he was on the deal. In fact, somebody should look into this, that he threw the game to get money for his charity <laughs> because he was so bad. And the second thing is, if the Ravens would have went in there and won 52-7 to and Lamar Jackson had seven touchdowns, do you think Bill's Mafia would have still donated to the, the charity? Um, I don't nah, know. Fuck I don't know, Mike. Let me think about that for a minute. Um, no. I was going to make it funny, but you interrupted me. But that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, no, I agree yeah. with you. I agree with you. Hell, no, that w Well, if that's the question to me is, is if the Ravens yeah. would have went on and stomped on yeah. them, would they have donated? No. Exactly. No. So No. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'm sorry I interrupt you, but I'm still fired up over thinking when if I would have started Drew Brees, this podcast would probably this podcast would be over and done with because I am still living that J Jameis Winston threw the touchdown pass. Wow. Um, 
So yeah, let's rate uh, Tennessee IPA. All right, uh, my turn to go first. Good flavor. Um, in terms of an IPA, it's refreshing. Uh, a good notes to it, uh, but not you know knocking my socks off. I'm gonna go a three point five zero. Because um, I did enjoy it. Yes, I would. I, this is I actually could, something I could have two or three of. And I could almost hit the rewind play. Okay. For, for reviews, because I actually think um, the exact same thing. There, you know, easy easy to drink. Some flavors, not nothing over the top. No bitterness. Um, our listeners don't like it when we go the same. So Too I'm going to go 3.51. Oh, okay. um, and believe it or not, um, as you were giving your review of the beer, I went to untapped and checked. And I'm going to tip my cap to uh, Blackhawk Larry because unless it's user airy, uh, Grandpa Blackhawk. Grandpa Blackhawk. Every once in a while, you know, it, it's like the, the, uh, the Civic Center. The Saginaw Civic Center is the Dow Event Center. Right. But she's, you know, you may know her as Myanmar, but she'll always be, be Burma to me. <laughs> um, so, uh, untapped. What they bring it in says at? three check-ins, and none of those people that checked in rated it. So there, the Larry, uh, Grandpa Blackhawk found a beer that even untapped hasn't even recognized. Yeah. So. Again, unless it was user error on my part and on tap, but I mean, 57 episodes, 170 beers. I mean, I'm pretty yeah, capable pretty, pretty of, you know, yeah, yeah. of working on the untapped app. So, hey, you know, it's a diamond in the rough, I guess. All right. Oddly enough, we're at our third tasting already. My, how the time flies, Dave. Yes, it does. We must be having fun. Oh, yeah. As always, what we have here on our third tasting is, hate to say it, I pilfered it from my oldest son, Justin, because nice. this was a Christmas present from loyal listener, Jen, my sister, to Justin, and Justin is not into this type of beer. He tried one, said he drank almost half of it and threw it out. I told him he had to leave the house for wasting beer. I, I will not tolerate <laughs> alcohol abuse like that. And I said, well, then, then I'm going to take the rest of them and, you know, sample them on the pod. So um, That's pretty rare when it's usually the other way around. Exactly. It's the, it's the, the 21, 22, 23-year-old pilfering beer from the parent. And be, I guess before I crack it open, I guess I should probably tell what it is. Maybe. Uh, it's called Wake Up Dead. Huh? It's a, a Wake Up Dead Nitro by Left Hand Brewing Company in Longmont, Colorado. Um, 4.9 and 5.5 is four two tenths of a point less than our first two combined at 10.2 and 45 IBUs. I think it's our second nitro tasting on the pod, possibly our third. That's pretty. Oh, looks like a milkshake. Because I know we did the, the Bud Reserve Nitro. Yeah. Uh, we did, we had all three one episode, and I'm not remembering which number that was. They were all nitros. I really do like the pour of the nitro. 
it was kind of our nitro episode, so to speak. Look at that. Yes. Almost looks like, yeah, black and tan. Yeah, exactly. Cheers. Cheers. Well, I got mostly foam on that one, so it did taste kind of like a... Chocolatey. You very? I like it. Um, well, that's why it says on the can, super smooth with notes of cocoa and dried fruit. I don't get the dried fruit, but I certainly get the cocoa. Dried fruit. Yeah, I don't get that either. I like how it says on the can, though, avoid shaking, point away from self and others when opening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's loaded. One thing that I did want to talk about earlier and it slipped my mind, but did you see where... Uh, this past week, a Mickey Mantle 1952 Tops card sold for $5.2 million. Wow. It was graded a PSA 9. PSA is the uh, rating system for cards. Um, and there are actually three recognized PSA 10s, which is Jim Mint condition. Um, and... My take on this is it's cool that you know somebody's going to pay it, but I don't like it because the, the, the card stories that I like are like you and I are taking our flights, football, and anything else podcast on the road, and we, you know, we hit a bar, drink a couple beers, and we stumble upon a yard sale, and you know half-cocked we're in there, and we're looking, and we see a baseball card collection. I'm like, Dave. They got this box of baseball cards for $2. There's a 52 Mickey Mantle in this motherfucker. <laughs> and it's like, right. you know, hey, and we, give the, we give the lady a five. Say, ah, don't worry about the change. Keep it. And we leave. And now we've prospered. You know, sure. even, if it's, yeah. even if it's, let's say it's a PSA 8. I right. mean, we could probably sell the card for a million dollars. Right. And those are the type. And we didn't screw the person out of it. They had it in the box selling it for $2. And hell, we gave them five. Right. So... My problem with cards in this day and age is like um, the guy who bought this. I'm not. I won't even look up his name because I don't recognize the name. But he he started a clothing company that's very very successful. And so what these cards have become is just like one very rich person sells it to another very rich person who sells it to another. <laughs> another and it's rich like person. that's yeah. not the the lure of card collecting, right? Because I used to collect mm. cards back in the day. I uh, had a pretty decent collection. I pretty much, the, the only thing I did that was wrong for the cards is I would sort them out by teams and then I'd rubber band the teams and obviously the rubber band defaces the card value. But um, I think they should put cards like that into the general public and just make people find them at rummage sales and such. Because like, okay, that guy, he bought a fucking card for $5.2 million. You and I could go steal it from him. The guy's probably not even out anything. He probably makes more because he probably has it insured. Right. So that, to me, that <laughs> de deflates the value of that card because there's no, it's just... Because because the, common, had, yeah. because the common Joe, there's no chance. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I actually have, uh, I got a box of NBA cards... Now, obviously, the NBA cards aren't worth much relative to baseball. Uh, football is probably a little bit less. Yeah, I, there, I don't there know. There are some basketball cards, actually, even newer basketball cards that are worth a lot of money. Okay. I mean, if you're willing to pay it, of course. Sure, sure, sure. 
Uh, I got a box of them 25 years ago. And what I did right away is I, um, I took them out of their individual packages, but it was a, a, a box of cards. Right. And I took them out of their individual packages. I put them back in the box. So they're all laying flat, no rubber bands, anything. And then I took uh, a couple of Meyer bags, Meyer grocery bags, wrapped them, and then masking tape, duct taped around. And I said, you know what? We'll break, we'll break these out, like, I don't know, however, 30, 40, 50 years from now. Um, I really don't have any idea of what's in there. It's probably all junk. Do you know where they are, though? I do know where they are. Oh, okay. Yeah, for sure. Because my wife has told me repeatedly when we, we've moved... You know, two times since. <laughs> why the hell? Are, why the hell are we moving these things? What do they call those things when they're like uh, classes bury something? What are those things where you bury oh, something? Oh, like in the a ground? memory box or um, a, a time, not time machine. Um, time traveler. No. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah. No. See, some of this stuff could be researched, but a lot of the stuff is just off the cuff. And it's like we <laughs> yeah. couldn't research. Uh, we can't research fuck, it. What is that called? Put it in. A, it was real, really big in the fifties, and you would you'd bury something that you'd want somebody else to find. Oh, come on, Mike. Uh, it's um, yeah. Um, people that are listening are going crazy, ball, ball, shouting. Time machine. Um, no, not time machine. It's a uh, one, two, close. three lock box. <laughs> uh, Sammy Hagar. Boom. Yeah, I got well one. Well done. Got one. Um, yeah. So, not going to think of it right now yeah. just because we're trying so hard to think of it. Like, because we want to, don't have a lot of, we don't want to have a lot of dead air. So, um, yeah, but, it, you know, I also want to get in there real quick. You know, I was so mesmerized by your choice of tickled. I just couldn't, I'm like, I'm, rightly so. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking across at, at Mike going, wait a minute, what? You watched a show called What? Um, I did watch something else that was amazing. I, pseudo watched. I was doing work at the same time I had the TV on, but I, you know when I found out when I was clicking through the channels um, and I saw it was on AMC had an '80s marathon, and so the two shows while I was doing work that were on were Karate Kid and the infamous Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Sean Penn's breakout role. As Jeff Spicoli, right? But I'll go to I'll go to Karate Kid first. But you know the one thing I was taken aback by in the very beginning of the movie, uh, he gets to California. He he walks through the gate, meets the kid right away. The kid invites him to a party, a party on the beach, um, and that's where he sees Elizabeth Shue's character uh, at this very particular moment. I don't have it in my notes, but I can't remember what the character's name is. But um, smoke show in her own right. Yep. Uh, he's he, he's standing in the sand there and he's just staring at her like a creeper. Uh, but then his buddy goes, hey, you going to make a move? And I thought to myself, I haven't heard a kid use that term, like I'm going to make a move or, you know, what, do kids make moves anymore, do you think? I, I think they do, but it's not, are you going to make a move? I think actually the 21st century vernacular, you going to hit that? Oh. <laughs> No, but I think you're going to hit that means, doesn't that mean like you're going to have sex with that person? With the, isn't that what make a move is? I thought make a move is like like introduce yourself, hey, you know, get close. Ah, tomato, tomato, David. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing. <laughs> okay. 
right. Yeah. You know that, that that's that goes to the old, back, back to the old <laughs> the, the old joke of uh, what's the difference between a, a, a what do a pulse and orga, orgasm have in common? You don't care if she has either. <laughs> Jesus. What's what is the best scene from uh, Karate Kid? In your opinion, what was your money scene? Uh, when you said Karate Kid, this scene popped right into my head. So, it would have to... I mean, obviously, the, the you know, the end scene where he's sitting there with the... Is it the crane technique? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That, I mean, that's... Hmm. There's a couple in there where, uh, you know, Mr. Miyagi's, you know, have some very, like, wisdom-type... I think when he's beating the shit out of the kids, that's pretty cool. That's that's cool. My the, the my favorite scene, my go to scene. That when you like you said Karate Kid, the scene I thought of is uh, Larusso wants he's with Miyagi and he wants to fight. Now all he's been doing is waxing his car, painting his fence, waxing his car, painting his fence. He says, "When are you gonna? When are we gonna fight?" And he said. You student, you learning, you know, you're doing this or, you know, whatever he says. And, and LaRusso says, I'm being your goddamn slave is what I'm being, man. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, um, you know, then Miyagi does the wax on and then he blocks the point, wax off, you know, and then back and forth and then it clicks on him. Okay, this guy is really training me. Right. I'm not just waxing his cars and painting his fence and uh, staining his deck. I'm learning the moves. I, I'm learning the moves. I mean... As much bullshit as it was, I thought you know. Right. I thought the line that I'm being your goddamn slave is what I'm being, man. <laughs> that was my that was my favorite part of Karate Kid, along with watching Elizabeth Shue. So, <laughs> so as long as, uh, so as long as, uh, oh shit, where was I going with that? I have no idea. All right, <laughs> Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Um, man, belly laughed, belly laughed every time. Sean Penn's character, Jeff Spicoli, got in there, and some of those some of those lines that I remember, uh, the science teacher grabbing the heart yeah. out of the cadaver, and he's like, "Whoa, gnarly, dude!" And um, and the the knock at the door, yeah. Mr. Hand goes to the door. Hello, <laughs> pizza guy. It's like what? <laughs> well, like Mr. Hand, like I was thinking, like. Since I'm here and you're here, um, I thought it was our time. So I ordered some pizza, and there's nothing wrong with a little... I don't know what the hell the word he used, but... A little snack on our time. A little snack time. on our time. You're right. You're right, Mr. Spicoli. <laughs> and then he started calling everybody up. Front and center. Handing it off. Oh, yeah, this is great. <laughs> Mr. Spicoli has been kind enough. Actually, my favorite character in Fast Times at Ridgemont High was uh, uh, Mike DeMond. Okay. Right, you know, when he's giving out the ticket tip, sale, yeah, yeah he's giving selling out, the he's tickets. Giving out tips to Mark Ratner, he's like, "You don't care whether she comes, stays, lays, or prays. Whatever happens, your toes are still tapping." And then when you got that, then you got the attitude. <laughs> and, then, and then when he's calling money, he's calling money for the uh, uh, to raise money to, to get for uh, it's for the for the, the abortion. abortion. Yeah, Leah Thompson, right? No, um, not Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson was all the right moves. Uh, Fuck it, sucks getting old. But anyway, he says, um, "Look, man, I know you're not the Bank of America, but I need, I need my money. He says, can't get the, the, the call. I can't that. give I can't. you what I don't have." <laughs> uh, and then that's you know that he says, "I got you tickets to the stage so close that you know you, you know you probably, probably scared, scared the, the man. Your mama's all right. Your daddy's all right. Um, yeah, that's a classic movie. 
Yeah, so I, you know, that was that brought me back. So I mean, that was pretty cool. Well, I'm sorry, I, you know that. Yeah, that would have been a perfect segue into what did you watch this week? But I'm sorry, I rattled you so with tickets. <laughs> I mean, no problem. Um, all right, as we're halfway through our third and final tasting of episode 57, it's time for the random question. And to this day, Josh Wendy is the only listener to send in a random question. We're still looking for our listeners to send them in. Otherwise, Dave and I have to risk maybe even possibly repeating a question. But, hey, answers change as time goes by. So, fuck it. Who knows? Um, all right, Dave. Yeah. Random question. Okay. You're starting a business. Yeah. You've yep. just given X amount of money. You have to start a business with it. Yep. What would that business be? Now, the only stipulation right. I put on the random question is... It has to be real shit. I mean, you can't, can't. say, oh, I'm going to have um, a health studio where I shoot people to the moon on a bottle rocket and they land on the moon and get a handy from their favorite actress. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that would be a great business and I think you could raise right. a lot of money. But then, right. you know, the, how you send you know, it's got to be real business that. Is a little sure. bit off kilter that may or may not work. Right. Okay, so here's where I'm going with this. Now, at first, I said, "Well, I want to have a, I want to have a resort," um, and I guess I could still do this because I don't think technically there is a resort on the ocean floor. However, when I did fact check myself, there are hotels that have. Uh, they've built them like uh, in the at the side of a body of water next to the ocean or somewhere near shore, close to shore, um, where they have certain like they'll have two levels, you know, below the right. surface of the water. So, in the sense that the whole resort is totally submerged, I think there's plans for people doing that, um, but you know, there's some safety hazards that come with. Well, sure. Let's, uh, yeah. Space travel and all those kind of things, but it is realistic. I think it. I think it can and will be done here soon. Well, hell, there's a uh, subway system that goes Paris to London, London to Paris. That's underwater. So, well, I, isn't that in that? That's under the bedrock, though. That's a tunnel. But it's still underwater. I mean, the, well, it the, is under the water. Right. So what I'm what I'm thinking of is either a have a resort. Completely, like you have to take a submarine to get to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where you could potentially see whales, bigger sharks, giant squids, whatever, uh, and or associated with that, um, an amusement park underwater. So you would have like somewhat of a roller coaster ride, or I'm, not to interrupt, but I've always envisioned that, but I don't know how you could do it without killing people. Because, like, I always envisioned um, uh, Millennium Force, yeah, coming down, coming down, coming just like it is, yeah. and then all of a sudden going like three feet underwater and then coming out of the water. I don't know how you wouldn't kill everybody, but I know right. I like where you, I like I like where you're going there. So, something, something along those lines, um, where obviously, you know, the safety protocol is, it's not been done because you can't guarantee people's safety. Right. Especially like, but if you've got people that are reserving tickets for the first flight to the moon or whatever, um, obviously this is probably more realistic in the sense that, Oh yeah. You know, if, 
you know, whatever whatever resort you were in, they would probably have safety hatches or or pods that you can get into quick enough that will take you to the surface. Now, depending on how pressure the pressurized system works and stuff, you know, you might get the you might get the bends and and die anyway. But you know, hey, you probably sign off on a liability yeah, oh, waiver sure. saying, yeah, there's a possibility you're not going to make it. Um, that it? That's it. All right, so now you went a little more futuristic than I did, and I'm going with a, well, not actually a restaurant, but basically a restaurant. Now, I know what you're thinking. A restaurant? What the fuck? There are restaurants all over the place. Why That's is that, that new? Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I see that, and I agree with that. Now, and I'm probably going to get homicide investigator from the L.A. County Sheriff Department on my tail. <laughs> and I think, you know, full disclosure to our listeners, I think it's fairly obvious that we don't do a lot of research coming into this because a lot of the shit we do are just yeah. off the cup, off, off, the, off the cup, off, you know, on the fly, you know, right. whatever, whatever, whatever. And then we correct it on Corrections Corner the following week. Right. I'm sure somewhere in uh, maybe China... Paris, London, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, right. somewhere. Somewhere. One of these is probably something similar to this. Okay. Is already out there, but I didn't research it and I don't know of it. Right. But based on episode 33, based on my high recommendation in segment two of the Night Stalker and my random question, people are going to start wondering, hey, I think this guy's about ready to snap and go off the deep end. Because what I'm going to do, I'm opening the Slaughterhouse Bar and Grill. Okay. And what it is, is, and I've got the whole mindset, and I'm sure there's a lot of uh, trademark infringements and shit that I'd have to work out with the legal team. Right. But like, for instance, my employees. I'm gonna, you know, My employees are all going to be dressed in either the orange jumpsuits, <laughs> Or the old school black and white striped okay. prison oak. All right. The, that's both male and female bartenders, waitresses. Okay. And the... the, the well, will, will the waitresses be in a jumpsuit? The, what the prisoners wear. The, you know, the orange, like you... Okay, well, I'm just saying, like, you know, that might not be as fun, especially if it's in Vegas, but whatever. Okay, go. No, but that's, that's their uniform, is the prison, whether it's current... The orange stuff or that old school like you see in... Well, I meant as a full jumpsuit. Oh, yeah, it's full jumpsuit. It's prison gear. Yeah, okay. this isn't right. a, I'm not running no fucking sex shop, Dave. This is a fucking slaughterhouse bar and grill. <laughs> okay. There's no sex shop here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, uh, and then, so, and the other thing is, um, the it, what it's going to be is it's going to be real and movies. Okay. So, like, they're, like and I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to deck the place out with like on the wall framed is going to be uh, Ted Bundy sentenced to death. There'll be like the newspaper article from okay. whatever publication that is. Sure. And then on the other wall, there's going to be the original movie poster of Halloween. And then on your desktop, it's going to be under, it'll be laminated. On the tabletop there? there? There'll be like yeah. a, a picture of uh, Charlie and his girls. 
walking into prison. Jeez. Oh, and it so there, it's going to be like and then the TVs. There's not going to be sound because this isn't like a cinnamon suds that used to be out there in uh, right. uh, Shuston, right? Fashion Square or Shuston, whatever. Um, you, so you're not going in here to watch the movies, but like there's probably going to be a TV in each corner. Okay. And we're just going to be showing random shit. Like it might be the Night Stalker. Okay. Uh, documentary. Sure. It might be Halloween. It might be Psycho. This, that, and the other thing. And then in the bathroom, the men's stalls, they're going to be <laughs> separated by you a shower. thought a lot about this. Yeah, so. by a shower curtain. Okay. A la Psycho. Okay. All right. And then um, I'm going to have 13 beers on tap. Why? Thir- Friday the 13th. 13th. 10 of them are going to be rotating. I'm you know, probably going to have a Bud, you know, whatever, the, whatever sure. the crowd wants. I mean, Budweiser, Miller Lite, Bud Light. But there's going to be three that are permanent as long as they're not seasonal. Um, and they're going to be uh, the Keweenaw Brewing Company's Widowmaker. Yep. And then I'm going to have Killer Red from Double Mountain Brewery and Cidery in Hood River, Oregon. Yep. And then, the, and then <clears throat> Jack the Sippa, S-I-P-A. From Heist Brewing Company in Charlotte, North Carolina. Those are going to be the three staple <laughs> right. that don't alternate to fit in with the theme. And then what we're going to have is, um, you know, so everything will be. It, it, there's not going to. It's not going to be like gory or shit. Nothing. Right, I mean, I'm not right. going to show like you know, and I'm not going to try to make you sick when you eat. But it's just going to be like, <laughs> right. you know, so there'll just sure. be like stuff like you know, like maybe a a signed copy. Of Helter Skelter by Vincent Bolyolsi, which I better get on that because he's pretty old. He might die, so I better get that autographed <laughs> right. copy. And that'll be like behind the bar above the 13 beer tabs, like the Helter Skelter signed by Vincent Bolyolsi. Um, and then, like, men, the menu is going to be your typical bar fare. I mean, it's not going to be anything extreme. Right. But, and these are open for debate. I, I mean, I'll, I'll have to get, get my chef involved and, you know, know what fits, but like, it'll be, so, it'll be something like kind of corny. Okay. Such as like uh, Michael Myers meatloaf, um, the R- Richard R- Richard Ramirez will call it the Jaws burger. And oh my God! Why why it's called the Jaws burger? If you watch the uh, Netflix special, you'll know why it's called the Jaws burger. Um, and and then the house special is going to be our dessert. It's going to be the Manson fa- the Manson family tiramisu oh served God. with a cup of Folgers coffee. Oh my God! Now I honestly think. You're going to get a lot of fucking heat for this restaurant. <laughs> you think? But I think there are just enough demented people that'll be like, you know what? Hey, because I'm running for this isn't going to be shit food. I mean, you're going to go in there and you're going to be like, well, other than the fact that I envisioned Charles Manson when I ate the tiramisu and drank the Folgers coffee, I was like, it was actually pretty good. You know, they have 13 beers, right. you know, and it's, you know, a, a good looking staff dressed professionally in prison wear or right, you know, jail right. wear and I think it could work. Again, <laughs> there's gonna be backlash like, oh you know the, uh, my I knew a person who knew a person who knew a person who knew a person that was killed by Charles Mann. I'm like, well then fucking don't eat here. <laughs> I didn't I'm not applauding him. It's just right, a different right. twist on a restaurant. Okay. It so, would it would the place it would probably work is Vegas. 
Vegas or or a bigger city. I think uh, like even like Hollywood. I think it Hollywood. Could, sure. Okay. I can. Yeah, I can like, buy yeah, that. Yeah. I'd probably have to open up. You know, I don't know if it would be much of a niche in Saginaw, Michigan. No. Even Detroit. I don't know if that would work in Detroit. But eh. I think Detroit. I think bigger cities. You're going to have enough of those oddballs. Although you would have to really, because you wouldn't want to turn it into like a uh, meeting place for a satanic cult or nothing. no. Right. I mean, because yeah. this is an actual. Right, you don't have a conference room restaurant. in the back. Right, but you know, and, I'm, and again, I'm not. You're not doing anything over the top, and like you're not, you're not, you're not uh, sacrificing virgins or nothing in the middle of the in the middle of the restaurant. And it's like you're just. And it's not right. really. You know, some would say, "Well, how could you pay homage to?" But it, it's fact and fiction. That's that's why the shower curtains are in the men's bathroom. It's like. To make you think a psycho, like right. when you're taking a piss, is somebody gonna fucking stab you? And there, there's no props or nothing. Nobody's coming around to scare you while you're eating. You're like, right. boo! Right. You know, so, okay. so it's a regular restaurant with just a different theme. Right. Yeah, it's not like Nick, uh, it's Nick, not like Lambert's down in the south. You know, home of the throat rolls, where all the staff is you know kind of playing the country role, coming around with the right. You know, so the staff at your restaurant's not coming around with. Yeah, they're not stabbing anybody. Yeah, and, and my place will be much funner than Lambert's. I'll tell you that right now. So. Oh wow, yeah, a lot of detail. I didn't. I'm. I feel bad now. I almost feel ashamed. I didn't bring as much detail as well, that. But but that, I really thought I'm credit. And I think you know, I'd like to hear from our listeners. Hey, would our listeners come to that place if the food and beer, the beer was cold and the food was good, as disturbing as, disturbing as the decor may or may not be. Would you frequent the place if we delivered the goods? Tweet at epod FFA or our email at FFAEP at gmail.com. Thank you. So, um, but yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. That may be my new venue. I'd like to say, I don't know if it'll work in Saginaw, Michigan, but we'll give it a try. Um, What do you think about uh, wake up? or yeah, wake up, dead nitro. I liked it. Um, my favorite of the night. So obviously, you, everybody knows I'm going three point five one or higher for a uh, the the cocoa in it. It wasn't that chocolatey, and the, I it's hard to describe a nitro to somebody who's never had a nitro. Whereas non nitros, you're almost are heavy. Nitros, you you drink and They're you're light. almost like floating. It's like wow, am I? You're like drinking air almost. Um, to some extent. Now in I, a stout form, yeah, know, there, there's some a, good body to the. It's very good body, but it's not like it's not as heavy as your normal Correct. stout. Correct. You're almost floating on stout. Yeah. And I will give, wake up dead. Three eight. Three eight. All right. Well, the only thing I didn't like, and I keep thinking about the Wake Up Dead uh, Nitro, is, you know, it says it's super smooth with notes of cocoa and dried fruit. So, A, I didn't get any dried fruit. And B, the cocoa, have you ever had, like, straight cocoa, like, out of the can? Like, like without the sugar, like yeah, actual, like the chocolate powder with no sweetener. At my in mother in law's, she had brown, uh, brownies or cookies that was made with straight baking cocoa. They were edible. Oh, sure, bland, sure, sure. A little bland. But. 
so that for, for me my palette that's what i'm getting out of this it's not horrible but i can't go uh it's 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 not my favorite of the night so i'm gonna go hmm is it better than the nashville brewing company i would probably i i, I like the taste of it and i'd like to try it but i probably wouldn't have an for me i wouldn't have another one Ooh boy, I put a 3.15 on the first one, the Nashville, uh, the lager beer from Nashville Brewing Company. Um, but it's a totally, totally, totally different, completely different beer. I'm still going to go, I'm going to go 3.10. Now, so you're telling me you like the lager beer better than the Wake Up Dead Night? In, in in respect to the fact that I would have I would have two or three you know of the lager beers, but in I can't think of a situation social, you know I'm just having. Well, something and I by- almost can't think of a situation where I should continue this podcast because if you like the lager beer better than the nitro. That's almost as offensive as Jameis Winston throwing a touchdown pass <laughs> and not Drew Brees. <laughs> so uh Although I think Drew Brees just threw one, but uh, um, hey, teach his own. I'm not, I won't judge you, Dave. Hey, you, well, thank it, you, yeah, Mike. Fuck it. I mean, this his is, second foot wasn't in bounds. I don't think so. You don't have anything to worry about, and I don't think I'm going to have to buy a new TV. One, one, two. Oh, oh yeah, that's a touchdown. Uh, oh no. no, but that's only one touchdown for Brees. I, you know, I would. I just wish you would throw it to Michael Thomas. But I actually definitely need a Saints win. It's 2013-943 to go in the third as we wrap up episode 57 of Flights, Football, and Anything Else. And this Smith character has been a big part of this game. Um, but, yeah, even though you are still... Uh, I'm still ne- working on a little nearly bit. Nearly half full of uh, Wake Up Dad. Oh, less than half full. I look down in the bottom of my porter glass, and I can see I'm out of beer. And as the late, great Stuart Scott would say, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the heck up out of here.